Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie is of any given year. This season, we are at about the neck of 1975. <laughs> this is our second movie of 1975. This week, we are digging into Dog Day Afternoon, the hottest goddamn movie that came out that year and maybe any year. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano, and with me are two people who will be competing for the title of Who Knows the Most About Dog Day Afternoon, Who Watched It the Hardest, and most important, Who Will Be Mike's Best Friend. The last winner, and my best friend for the last week, Greg, is Greg. Greg, 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 fan favorite, America's handsome boy, Greg. And then, what we mm-hmm. the heel. I'm the face. Of movie of the year, <laughs> Ryan. Yes, I am also here. I will uh, pause, so in post-production they can fill in all of my uh titles the crowd is turned on by they love it apparently. actually my title is ryan quote unquote ooh so yeah i love disturbed and everyone knows it you're you're a disturbed panelist yes gentlemen Dog Day Afternoon, before we actually get in and talk about the movie, so please try to refrain from actually saying anything coherent or intelligent. Uh, what what was your history with this movie before watching it for this show? I, I knew that, that at some point, Al Pacino was going to go, Attica! Attica! I, I'd actually seen the movie. And it did. I saw, did I've seen the movie before <laughs> uh, a couple of times. Um, but was a little nervous coming in here because... Watching movies for the show, you know, it's like a, a more glaring magnifying mm-hmm. glass that, and we put spotlights on stuff that we don't like or upsets us. And so I know that there's some potential here, but I have never loved this movie more than I have this week that I watched it. They give us special goggles here at your Pop Filter Studios uh, to watch things mm-hmm. harder and better. But- the reason they're because special is because you can think they have you like windshield something. wipers on them. Yeah. And that like sort of handles all of yeah. the outside sweat we have. If something stunning happens... So much of my sweat is outside sweat. So you can sweat. see for real. Oh, see, I've trained mine like a dog. It's all inside Obviously not sweat. the B-crack sweat. That's pretty much... I don't know. That's a, that's a gray that, area, That's right? inside and outside. That's and yeah, in, for, inner outer, yeah. I don't know why yeah, that's such yeah, a gray yeah. area for you, but check that out. Yeah, well, it doesn't get a lot of sun, I guess. Yeah, but then it should be pale, like it is a. But uh, the only I did, I had seen this movie one time before this week. I when we said we were going to do the seventy-five season, I went in and saw some biggies, and Mm -hmm. uh, this was one of them. And so I've seen it, I've seen it three total times, and I really, really like it. And if if we aim to pick a movie, if part of what we're doing is finding like the most emblematic movie of a year, this feels like Mm. a freaking snapshot of nineteen. 75 like i really feel like we're getting the picture Mm. the the beautiful and the ugly of brooklyn in 1975 yeah there's a a reoccurring and again only the second episode but reoccurring thing we've hit on already uh and greg you bring it up a lot is that in the 70s 1975 is all about like what is society and that that is woven throughout this movie and i don't want to be coy normally you both said you liked it uh this is my favorite goddamn movie we've done in the entire run of movie of the wow year. i have not seen it before this one. week and it blew my socks off did you guys know al pacino could act because i honestly did not know. i did I, I actually did a lot I of research about that this week did you what? <laughs> 
<laughs> you tried to do research, but instead you should have done something different entirely, Ryan. Seabirds? Seabirds. Seabirds. But yeah, I, I, I hope we're going to get into a, a deep conversation about the character of Sonny because like, as the movie goes on, you realize what an amazing job. Like, You get more and more an, uh, appreciation for what Al Pacino's doing as the movie sort of unfolds and you learn a little bit about Sonny and his dog day afternoon. I sort of feel like the people who were yeah. born in like, I don't know, let's say 1970, and just being like, John Wayne? What the fuck? Why would you? Who the fuck <laughs> liked him? You know, like... Al Pacino, we know him to be an icon. You know, we know him to be a star. Uh, yeah. He's on. He's plastered on walls still of like kids these days because of a, a couple of particular movies. But I would say that I was always missing that attachment. And this movie yeah. is a hundred percent the attachment. Like this makes up for a movie like this makes up for decades of hooing and hawing. <laughs> That's yeah. He was just a noise machine. He was. A different generation's Michael Winslow <laughs> yeah, well, to me. But he, he couldn't be a helicopter. He could just... Great ass. We did not realize how much he had been coasting on amazing performances that we just didn't see. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like, we were 80s kids. Imagine you're eight and someone's like, let's watch Dog Day Afternoon. Like, you're not going to see that. So I would have. Just... When I was eight, I would have been like, well, yeah, I do think... I don't think it's Sidney Lumet's best work yeah. about the times and how media affects our society, but I, I, I'll i give it a shot, sure. I would have been like, put on Flight of the Navigator and fuck me up. <laughs> and then my parents would have put well, on Flight of the Navigator and then I would have gotten fucked up. Like, oh God, what if I suddenly just lost 20 years of my life? What would I do? I love how your parents are like, uh, we have a real, we can fuck Greg up situation here. We should definitely take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. Let's put on Flight of the Navigator. Uh, at eight, I loved E.T., so my mom rented the Aliens trilogy because she mm-hmm. knew I like Aliens. So she unintentionally could have been worse, bro. She could have rented age. Mac and Me. <laughs> oh, I think maybe she punished me because I wanted to watch Mac and Me too many times. I've seen that movie when you were a, a kid. Which was your favorite Aliens movie? Uh, I was a big Alien. I liked Newt. I found her that the first one's very scary. I liked the big mech yeah, warrior thing, Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver war. Uh, and you know what? I just didn't get what David Fincher was trying to do in the third one when I was eight. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Prometheus for sure. Uh, I do think though that like, I think it says something that like there's so much to this movie, uh, the writing, the directing, the editing, blah blah blah. That uh, we have so much to talk about tonight, but it's really hard to yes. get around Al Pacino, like, and in, in his least Al Pacino esque like ah screamy thing, like he is just he almost rarely yeah. screams. Or, like, you're really frustrating uh, me on the phone. That's why it's kind of, uh, like, <laughs> ironic that him screaming out Attica became, like, the, the centerpiece of this. Because there's so much more time where it's just a shot of his face as he slowly realizes, like, oh, God, I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know what I'm going to do. He was not screaming Gattaca? <laughs> Gattaca, check it out! Mike's... Yeah, what's his, uh, somebody on the phone said, what's your favorite dude <laughs> movie? And then he's just screaming Gattaca. Uh, because we want to dig Let's in dig to Sonny and Al... We're going to just take a break and just stop pussyfooting around and do it. Gosh darn it. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. 
That way, we get a little piece of the action, and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. And that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye! In 1972, John Vitalovich and Salvatore Natural took hostages at a Chase Manhattan branch in Brooklyn. A story quickly became a Life magazine article, The Boys in the Bank, which was then turned into the movie Dog Day Afternoon. Director Sidney Lumet and Al Pacino cast the film for Pacino's past off-Broadway co-stars. The movie would go on to be nominated for six Academy Awards, seven Golden Globes, and win the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How does our understanding of Sonny change as the movie progresses? Do you find yourself having more or less sympathy as the movie goes on? I, I think that this is one of the single greatest. We can move past the fact that it's the greatest Al Pacino performance of all time. Like, uh, Michael Corleone is an important... Without reviewing the whole body of work, I don't know how we can make that determination. I wish now. we had time for if that, we had Greg, just, like, but apparently we don't. gone point by point, you know... Why is my is face getting red as you say that, Greg? That's crazy. Is your face getting redder? My face is getting redder. Are you sad? Uh, no, I see it. You're right. I do think that, like, I, I think that Michael Corleone, his prob- his most famous role, was more of a plot device. If you look at Dog Day Afternoon, you see like what he is capable of of just adding a million little mm-hmm. bits and drabs of nuance into this. Because the whole time you're trying to figure out like who is this guy. Because one thing I knew about this movie going into it was like I thought of him as a bank robber. Well, right. not exactly. I know. I wouldn't say that this guy's exactly <laughs> a bank robber. He doesn't really seem to have much of a plan or an idea. But you, I find it's not that you like your opinion of him changes in one fluid arc. Mm. It feels like it keeps going back and forth to where you feel so much sympathy for him. But then you get to him talking to Leon, one of his two wives, and Leon's like, "You put a, you kept putting a gun to my head. You hurt me. Not like, a good I, guy. I tried to kill." And you're like. Damn, I don't know. Like that seems pretty bad. But I think that the thing is with uh, Sonny. I think that the important thing is is that if you allow me to be a star, I will be a star. If you stop me from being that, I'm not going to act great. But if you allow me to do it, then I'm going to do it. And in front of us, he mostly does it. Like if we just had like a clean ass bank robber, like Robert De Niro from the movie Heat, which I think Al Pacino was in, and he kept saying something. I don't remember what Al Pacino said in that movie. Probably something like that. Heat, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's sort of boring. But he just, he wants to be a star if he just gets listened to. And we give him the opportunity. We are so much like that crowd. The crowd of normal right. people. Not the crowd of cops. Who no, are always like ready to grab that gun. But the just, crowd of well, normal well, Why people, are they pointing? Why are they always pointing? Just stop pointing. And everything it, will be fine. I think the movie makes less of a distinction there between everybody else and the cops. The crowd is like a very interesting sort of like uh, mechanism in this movie. Uh, there's a lot of interesting like crowd stuff in the movies of 75. But like they seem to vacillate in their feelings about Sonny. And there's obviously different mm-hmm. contingents in there. So like they're a weird sort of Greek chorus that goes throughout the movie i think that's the point i think that's why it's awesome to have it layered to have a layer of cops and then a layer of crowd is that the crowd does vacillate sometimes in really bad ways like when they hear Mm -hmm. about the fact that Sonny is gay they make jokes but they're also cheering for him and they know that 
they love the anti-authoritarianism. Whereas the cops yeah. don't vacillate. They're just like, here's my gun. Please let me shoot him. Well, the cops vacillate in how good they are at stopping people from going. Yeah. This is the most porous cop barrier I've yeah. ever seen of whether they'll stop them or not. Well, at some but point, yeah, you're the, going to have a donut and just like mindlessly eat it while you're watching the movie well, that we're watching. I think this is movie, crazy. I think this movie does a good job reminding us that uh, now we have a much more like professionalized view of hostage negotiation. Right. Back then, it was you find a detective that's in the area and send him over there. And this guy had no idea what the hell he was doing. They like, they, they, he really but, seemed to have absolutely no plan well, at all. Well, much like what the I Godfather. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I was going to say what I liked about that is like, he, it felt very human. And his, he just kept saying to Sonny, like, we don't want anybody to get hurt. Whatever you need, we're hostage. There are tactics they have. He had no tactics. So he was just like, human to human. Let's just nobody die. The one right? thing, so I'll get, like, the one thing that kept bothering me so much is they're like, send out all the women, and he's like, I only got women in here, and they're like, yeah. okay, never mind. How about <laughs> how about the concept of woman? How about the concept <laughs> of like, and I think this might matter in terms of like understanding the movie. What about thinking about like one or two of them? Nobody ever proposes the idea that you no, need just it's all or none. Yeah, send out all the women. No, I can't because it's just ladies. Oh, never mind. The, we'll uh, get you a jet then. The way that the mafia works, allegedly, since 1972, uh, was because of The Godfather, also starring Al Pacino, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, they watched that and they were like, oh, let's just use this to work like this from now on. And apparently that's the same thing with hostage negotiations and bank robbers after Dog Day Afternoon. Like A lot of this stuff is invented and then now used because it all felt so real then. Do people right. like now when they rob banks, do they have anything like a plan? No, no, they just have gift-wrapped guns. <laughs> Which, man, I, I, you should know how to open your own gift yeah, wrapping. come right? on. You wrapped it, man. That is, I, I, that's such what, a great what, moment where he can't get the wrapping off the gun because that's you. that really lets the audience know exactly what's going to happen. Even if you're not familiar mm. with this story, when he can't get his gun out of that box and Stevie Oh, this has isn't just, like a career criminal. Yeah. Like, we're not going to see Ocean's Eleven really doing well no, here. No, sir, yeah. <laughs> What, like getting back to Sonny though, like one of the main features I see of him is this incredible radar of being able to say like, how am I going to get the most people to like me? Which you would say is not that likable of a trait, right? But if he can get sixteen people to be on his side, even though it like sort of gets fifteen people off his side, then he will take it. He just sort of has this thing. It just reminds me of like Leslie again, Leslie Nielsen as the umpire in Naked Gun. Oh wait, if I call strikes for the home team or against the home team, then I get applause. He just, <laughs> he's fueled by applause and he wants to be so genuine. But, but isn't this also the first time he's ever gotten this? Because nothing else in his life has ever worked out right. like this. Like he, I don't get the right. sense that he's Mr. Popular otherwise. It's that it's, I think what happens is he's the perfect man for this moment, well, which I is mean, in 72, I, I guess. Like people are so fed up and they feel so pushed down and they feel so kicked around and ignored and they don't know like who to trust or what to believe anymore mm-hmm. that when someone just is an outsider just saying they're not going to take it anymore people are drawn to just that mes- message yeah which is well, a very we love robin message. hood yeah we love we love robin hood and people just assume he's that like it, it's interesting like this i think this is one of the more nuanced characters not pacino but just in general like we see so many sides and still come out like he's a monster yeah but we don't see it we just see him on his last day like and so there he's, he's a hero because... He's also broken, right? Like, he comes yeah. from a messed up house. He was and in Vietnam. He's open he's about it. been in and out of jail his entire right. life. But, I mean, like, I, I do think that, that, like, that's what opened up the door for Leon. Not because he's a man, but because he's a second wife. Like, mm-hmm. this is... I am so tired of being torn down. And he is 
always being torn down and open to being torn down. Like, I will let people in to tear me down and I will mm-hmm. overreact to their tearing downedness. And so that's how you get a second wife, regardless, is just now Leon thinks that I'm cool. And when right. Leon doesn't think I'm cool anymore, because Leon, we, we, Leon says in the phone call, I've tried to break up with you for the last six months. Now yeah. he has the crowd as the new girlfriend. You know, like right. he always he has the next thing of like, oh, and he Sonny, has the we don't know people. enough about you yet to, to yeah. but like we, we love you now. And he's like, fuck, yes, you do. Hello. Yeah. And as you and say, he knows Mike, how to play to them. Yeah. They, and he forms the like whether it's Stockholm Syndrome or what, he forms the, the bank captives into mm-hmm. a weird little society that like, I mean, that scene where he's taking them out of the bank and they're pressed up against him so that he he and Sal can't be shot. There seems to be something extra other yeah. than just like I'm being forced to do this. It seems like and like when when Maria leaves and she's like, Sal, here, take my yeah. rosary like and don't be afraid to fly on the plane. I'm so worried about you. Yeah, I'm so worried about you. And it's like, so in a weird way, it's like, well, I mean, that's because Sonny brought them all together, right? And mm-hmm. gave them something to believe in and, and listen to them. They are not, especially, the, uh, there's an obvious gender dynamic. They're ladies. And nobody is listening to them in any part of the movie. But it was mm-hmm. important for Sal to bring them together. Or, uh, I'm sorry, for Sonny. Like, Sonny made it a priority to bring them all together as a family. He is that shitty guy at your job who says... This isn't just a job. This is a family. Like, which is actually like him saying this is a cult. You know, like Sonny is a wannabe, but uh, minus cult leader. But he wants it to feel like a family. And it's not because it's not so the bank robbery will go easier. It's because that's what he wants as a person. And the bank robbery is always secondary to him. He's always been an outsider, as he says. He doesn't want to be an outsider anymore. He's always looking for love and then finding it in broken people who need too much love themselves. And so everyone just manages to drain each other steering back to the Pacino himself. I think it's interesting that this is like him off Broadway. Like he, he's like diving more and more into movies. Cause there's, I think there's a lot of like theater ticks here, like, but not, they're not too big. Like he, he feels so he's not playing to the back of the house. He's just doing a lot that they do in theater where he turns into that great ass. Like it feels like he, forgot things as he got older like he feels more like a bad theater actor in movies the older he gets where here it's like it's that perfect combination of film and theater so uh, experience is this a compliment or for this movie it's a compliment okay so yeah I, I do think that he he did a thing here that he sort of lost but tried to get back in future movies i mean it's an mm. interpretation of a character that's what i think that he for, he stopped doing at some point at some point he became a caricature of himself and then a caricature of that caricature. Sonny is him, it feels like, stepping into the, the brown pants of, a, of an actual person and being like, man, what would, what would this guy really be going through right mm-hmm. here as his world fa- falls apart but is kind of like rebuilt at the same time? He's never had this much attention, love, or power before and it's like the worst moment of his entire life. And, and, and there's legendary moments throughout this movie where Al Pacino breaks, where you just you were watching Al Pacino, like, and not watching Sonny, and they they were all kept. And I, I feel like they made him really super hot, and then made him act on the phone so much longer than he wanted yeah. to. <laughs> just really slam that phone down yeah. hard, <laughs> piss Pacino off, see what uh, happens. But yeah, like it, it's all like he isn't Sonny for he's he's never not Sonny for even one right. second. And when you're the you're when you're at your most hoo ha, we can see you're never actually in character. You're just 
always Al Pacino and that hoo-ha character at the same time. But at the same time, if you don't love him at his hoo-ha, then you don't deserve him at his Attica. That's just what I think. It's probably true. Bon voyage, motherfucker. That is all the time we have to talk about Sonny and Al. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go see a little mountain. Mount Rushmore. As we all know, Mount Rushmore is a mountain dedicated to the four most handsome presidents in U.S. history in one of the Dakotas. (laughs) <laughs> the Betty Boops, if you will. The Betty Boops of presidents, as we like to call them around these parts. But do you know what's cool? Gun to your head, what Dakota is it? South? I think it's South, too. Thank you. Fa- the the fans in South Dakota, let us know if we're right about that. But do you know what's it's co- 100% North. cooler than, well, you know what? Greg. Greg supported me. Yeah. And I always will, but Do you know what's cooler than presidents? Ice cold. Music. That's why today we're making $3 million worth of music. (laughs) Mount Rushmore to the music of 1975. I think it's all very clear. So, Ryan, what is your first submission? Uh, This was a rough one because there's the music I like of 1975. Yes. And there's the music that was 1975. Yes. And maybe we'll get to what we're into later. But right now, I have to fucking do a slammy D of one person who I thank God. And Mike, you know that I don't thank God for a lot of things. But I thank God this one person is a country boy. And only in this goddamn year, this awful year that makes 2020 look like 2016, it's John Denver, who was a motherfucking megastar in the only year that was possible, 1975. He had just invented the omelet. He had just found the last dinosaur. And I'm sorry, Mike, where did you just last poop? Uh, in a John. You took a Denver, uh, Denver Deuce, John. Right? Took the yeah. Denver John. Yeah. Right in a John in the city of Colorado. Of course, everyone knows uh, this song primarily from the Polly Shore movie, Son in Law. Oh, and uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, which is where I learned most of my country music. Thank games. God I'm a country bear. <laughs> <laughs> love it can't believe they took it away greg i just right away i like i sort of like that's an automatic on the mountain i would like to move away from 1975 yeah good movies yeah. but honestly the, I, I don't think i'm I'm ready to like uh think about john denver in any other light than you fucking dork i want to push you downstairs <laughs> it's so it's so weird because at the time People didn't know that they were. At, there actually was good music around, uh-huh. yeah. and some people knew, I guess. But like the the public at large didn't know. They were committed to a completely different brand of music, which we are still very familiar with because they were so bamboozled by it. But yeah, it's a, there's a a stark dichotomy between some of our greatest bands we've ever had making the best music we'll ever hear. <laughs> In my research, I read about a lot of uh, record setting sold out concerts by the bands that Greg you you're you're talking about right now. Uh, and then John Denver shut them all down. Like, oh, do you guys think that you're making billions of dollars? Is that it's cute? It's cute compared to what John Denver is capable of in this year. Now, John Denver didn't have to have a gimmick, but the '70s were a time of some pretty gimmicky bands, including one that was a two-piece, where one of the people was obviously a ship's captain. <laughs> Uh, hard to believe that he could find the time to break away from his duties, and I'm assuming the British 
uh, the British Royal Navy. Now, Greg, I did see his hat, though. He actually was a captain. Yeah, oh, no, it's the real deal. Epaulets, the whole deal. Uh, captain and Tennille, we, they have the number one song of 1975, Love Will Keep Us Together, which I listened to today sort of under protest and then found out is actually musically, I think, a pretty solid song. I think that song's actually pretty good. Maybe it's if, maybe we don't like it and it's stupid, but I think it actually... If you move beyond the we, one line... Yeah, the there's a lot of musicality in that. I, I I don't know which which of the two of them is responsible for like the drums, but it's got like a nice drum beat in there. I just I love like uh, okay, so my name is John Bartholomew. I will be the captain, <laughs> and you, Jennifer Tennille. I don't know Tennille. Who cares? Let's go. I'm the captain. His name, and I don't think this is his given name, but maybe it is. He goes by the captain, but his name supposedly is Dylan Dragon. No, no. Why is right? he in so front of you, like a metal band? Why is he when your name Dylan Dragon, but you want to make a song like "Love Will Keep Us Together"? You have to not go by Dylan Dragon. Instead, be Captain. Heck yeah! Dylan Dragon is how most people describe my penis. I would say the taste and where what it's doing on the ground. Dragon. Yeah, yeah. that's that's awful. I thought you were gonna say because it's spitting hot fire. There's a lot of things I could have said, Greg. Oh, yeah, I uh, I went down to write Captain and Teal on the mountain, but I wrote Greg. So Greg wearing a captain's <laughs> hat is now on the mountain. <laughs> Woo! I love it. And Greg, oh, and try to find dress. some person who's gonna notice. <laughs> yeah. Try to find one person That's, on the planet that doesn't look like, like Dylan Dragon. All right, these I do think these were the big two. These were the obvious that had to be on here. Maybe we can open up in good good music, or maybe we won't. Ryan. What else? All right, let's try this. Uh, this was the release. And this is like the fourth album. He was coming up hot, you know, like, but not a superstar. And then Born to Run came out in 1975. Maybe I was born to run. And he did sound a lot <laughs> like that South Park character <laughs> that you just heard. I think that Bruce Springsteen should be on here. This is Why? long before... He just absolutely dri- like covered himself in turquoise, mm-hmm. which is now as like our eighty-year-old Southwest mom version of Bruce Springsteen. This is the Jersey Boy, right? This is where this is he would Jersey look at the camera and say, "Like I don't drive Jeeps," and then it would be like Jeep, and that was the commercial. <laughs> okay, that was the end of the commercial. I would buy a Jeep out of confusion after watching that. You gotta wear jeans. Okay. <laughs> Un- unlike John Jeep. Denver, who should be uh, mocked and sucks, Bruce Springsteen, I think, has like the weirdest reputation because people who love him haven't listened to the mu- uh, like lyrics, and then there's people yeah. like us who do, and we're like, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen's kind of punk rock, you guys. The people you see rocking out to uh, like Born in the USA. That has <laughs> never heard a word. No. Yeah. Never heard Hell a word. Hell yeah, I'm born in the USA. All right. You, are you listening to this guy's politics? Because I don't think that if you're wearing an American flag hat, you should also like this song. Are we going to listen to that song, It Ain't Me? That's another good USA Patriotic song, right? I'm, I'm not I am I do have to say, so. though, I definitely, I can never understand what anybody's saying in any song. So as long as it just seems enthusiastic. Yeah. Greg just loves enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Burn it all what? Okay, cool. <laughs> I normally like that, but instead, Springsteen. Is going right up on the mountain because it's impossible not to. This is both big for the time and we like it. That I love. Greg, are you going to close a rare four-round Mount Rushmore? No. <laughs> you I, couldn't hold to it. Yeah. Um, I, I We have to get into some of the artists that we like. So uh, 
it's not his greatest, but Bowie came out with Young Americans. Uh, it's not my favorite of his albums, I should say. I don't know if it's his greatest. But uh, the song Young Americans is awesome. Fame is awesome, which he worked on with a guy Fame. named uh, John Lennon. Uh, and Do you uh, mean John Legend? John, John Legend. Legend. Chrissy yeah, Teigen's husband. Right. The guy from the movie I Am Legend. And um, But like this is Bowie's most successful album of all time. And yet, uh, it's not. it doesn't sound like everything else he's done, but it, it's still awesome. Young Americans is a cool song. Uh, better than Fame, which Fame made it all the way up to, I think, number seven on the Billboard Top 100. So this is Bowie's break into the mainstream at the time. The old Bowie break. That is going to be maybe pile because I actually do love drama. Ryan? Uh, if Greg is just not going to close it out, then I will not either. And so I will say blood on the tracks. Bob Dylan's. It had been a while for Bob Dylan. Been at this a while. Point. Um, but uh, it had the song Tangled Up in Blue, which most people know because of Rock Band or Guitar Hero. <laughs> That was the Bob Dylan song that was on Or there. because of Hootie and the Blowfish, right? Or because of Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. And Bobby's so cool. Uh, it also had a simple twist of fate, which a uh, Steve Martin movie was named after. Does this also have an idiot wind? It also has an idiot Man, wind. Man, that's eight minutes of brutality. It's also, <laughs> I don't know if this counts for anything, but after spending 45 minutes in a used record store in my house right now, uh, along with, and I shit you not, gentlemen, uh, sports by Huey Lewis in the news. I have it, I have it on vinyl and it's here in the house. Right. But yeah, I want right. to throw Bob Dylan out there. You get a point for owning those records. Bob Dylan is on the maybe. That's file. all record players want. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Greg, throw me another maybe. Okay, uh, I have. This is probably the most important band to me in my whole life. Pink Floyd. Really? And it's not just Pink Floyd came out with any album. Pink Floyd came out with "Wish You Were Here." Wish You Were Here is, in my opinion, the best Pink Floyd album, much better than Dark Side of the Moon, even better than The Wall. And it came out in 1975, and they toured off of it in 1975. This album is like everything to me. It is note perfect, I think, which is crazy because some of the songs are 13 minutes long uh, and just has such an emotional landscape that I, I think really like gets communicated uh, across the ages and you still feel. All right, Floyd's in the main. Let's let's do some speedy rounds there. Ryan, what do you got? In fear of having a classically all-white list, I should have had Parliament because they had a legendary album this year, but I have the Four Tops, who had a huge year this year, including Oh, What a Night, uh, one of the single greatest songs of all time. So the Four Tops, they were big this year. If you don't know that, don't look it up. Just You, you should feel stupid. So you brought up Parliament who killed 1975, but that is not your submission. No, it's just, they're a little too uh, urban for me. So the four tops. Okay. The, that, that band from the sixties. <laughs> hey, Greg, what do we got? Uh, one of the biggest songs, and I can't believe this is true, was Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. <laughs> now this is not a Captain It's Neil situation. I went and I heard this song, both this song and the music video are awful man 1975 didn't give a fuck dude. <laughs> no dude you could just be like this guy looks like a 12 year old boy with a bowl cut the original and the way they shot this they shot this video in what used to obviously be a stable but has not been used for like 40 years so they had this horse running around on like rocks and broken logs plus the whole thing of like glenn boobala uh cowboy western music it's not happening anymore what are you gonna do he's like Add some rhinestones. <laughs> what do the kids That's love? Do it. And it's so boring. The only part of the song that you know is the only thing that happens in like the whole song. Like a rhinestone song. cowboy. He gets back to that a million times. 
And at first they have him look like a like just like a regular dude, and then clearly it's supposed to be he transforms into like the perfect image of the rhinestone cowboy, and it's the same twelve year old boy. It looks like he's basically at his dance recital or something. Okay, well that might sway me as a young twelve year old boy who did dance re- recitals and wore a lot of rhinestones. I can respect that. Get up, but your <laughs> maybe pile currently is David Bowie, Bob Dylan. I wrote PF, so pop filter. The f- PF Changs, the, mm. uh, four tops and Pink Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. It was Maybe Pink Floyd. That year, Pink Floyd. Par- Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, four tops and Glenn Campbell. But your mountain is John Denver. Greg is the captain. Greg is to Neil. Bullshit. What is BS? Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen. Parliament Funkadelic, which was my automatic. You'd get double points if you said it, but Ryan only said it shouldn't be on there. So Mike gets points for that one. That is your 1975 Mount Rushmore of music. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, back to Dog Day Afternoon. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Taste buds. Dog Day Afternoon is a borderline comedy, something that it is not as famous for as its suspense. How is it able to, and is it even able to, to balance that comedy and aforementioned suspense? I, I mean, I do think that the the pacing and the direction helps a lot. Where it's just it, you know what it is? It's it doesn't hang a lantern on everything. Like mm-hmm. I think it starts off with a bam, bam, bam of. Opening the the flower box that has the gun and he cannot get it open, and then uh, I the third guy wants to leave. Stevie piecing out and, and like right after it starts, just but, right after it starts. So like, how am I gonna get home? Though? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. he's mad about his car. Oh my how god, do I get Stevie, home? get just get the fuck out of here. And then I think one of the more memorable ones is. Uh, uh, Sonny and Sal trying to talk to each other, but they can't. We've all been in this position. There's a pole in our way, <laughs> yeah. and we can't get our heads aligned to talk to each other. <laughs> and but none of that is like played for laughs. It's just like, right. oh shit, this entire movie's fucked. This is all fucked. And I think it sets this tone that it really does a good job of. It's like it sets it up next to the side of the movie, and it can pull from that whenever it wants throughout yeah. the rest of the movie. It's, and it's always a surprise because, like, you're you're never like, okay, I I I know I'll laugh all the time now. It it always hits you in a fun, weird way. And because it's all extreme gallows humor, right? I mean, it's like very, yeah. I think this is a very '70s feel where it's like the all laughing is done in the face of like a deteriorating society that it that like, and so there's there's is no pure comedy and there is no pure tragedy in this 
environment. And so like life. Yeah. So like we're really, you know, I mean, and, and Sonny is fortune's fool, right? Like he is basically a clown. He is getting stunted on by himself, by his friends, by nature, by the media, like even like that interview he has where, with, or the, the guy talking about him on the news is being so dry, but everything they're saying is meant to humiliate him. Everything is meant to humiliate him and humiliate Leon and humiliate because he's a criminal only. Like we yeah. know that he's not, you know, we know he's a three dimensional character. But- and honestly, it seems like they're doing it because he's a homosexual. It yeah. seems like they're doing. Oh, as soon as they get that link, they're like, "Oh, here we go." And We're they do it in such a dry this. way. But clearly, they're like reading him in front of everybody, and all of the normies are supposed to be laughing at this dude. Right. And so, like th- that sort of like grim humor is baked into the society at large. But and I- it really does act as comedic relief because otherwise, this would be, mm-hmm. I think, an overwhelmingly grim movie oh it's it's necessary for sure in order to get this particular tone but i also think i do want to give so much credit to the director and the editor i i don't think that when the screenwriter turned in the screenplay it was a comedy at all yeah right. i think that they were just like uh with this cast and crew of wackies it feels like the screenplay it's just gonna be honestly it feels like the screenplay would just be like a lot of bracketed like and then they talk about this yeah because like then go ahead and do that there's no way anybody wrote how awkward some of these lines are but i guarantee you that there were so many funny things that uh lumet and the editor uh dd something left mm-hmm. on the floor because it would have been too funny you know yeah. like they walked this line like better than any movie i can remember of it's it's not a comedy but it walks that line of not being a comedy the entire time because one or two or three too many jokes would have ruined everything that they were right. trying to do. Because, yeah, because you lose the, the the comedy suspense are perfectly balanced because they they build each other. You laugh harder because you need that release, and the suspense is there because you got to relax for a second. So when the lights go down and Sal might shoot something, like it all just builds on each other over half an hour in. My wife was in the other room and she walked out. She's like. Didn't you say you're watching like a 70s crime thriller? And I was like, yes. And it's fucking hilarious. Why are you guffawing so much? <laughs> uh, what, one of the classic stories is that when uh, Sonny asks Sal, what country do you want to go to? He pauses <laughs> yeah. for a really long time and then says Wyoming. And then Al Pacino, you, you get to see Al Pacino because that was improvised. And he uh-huh. like he really is trying to stifle his laughter and just trying to handle it. That's sort of the kind of comedy that... It, so it's not Monty Python, right? Like, it's right. not uproarious, silly walks. but these are uh, a bunch of bumblefucks and then he proceeds, in a bunch of bumblefuck situations. He proceeds to refer to the name of the state as Wyoming. Wyoming. Like, yeah, he says Wyoming like a hundred times over the, the course <laughs> of the movie. And I think in a way also the comedy um, makes us a little complicit in it, I think, because we are part of that crowd that has run over there to guffaw at what's going on. Like we have more humanity behind what we're doing, but what initially brought us to that movie, I think is more like the train wreck quality of the story. And we are won over to the humanity of the people in it. But we have that same like rubbernecking. Oh my God, there's an accident on the side of the road. What Vonnegut in Slaughterhouse five calls splat stories, right? We want to see somebody who's splatted because we're grimly interested. And I think the comedy kind of, in a way, brings us into that even more. One of the craziest parts of the movie to me, something that I did not notice until this last rewatch, is when uh, Sonny comes out and says, is there a doctor? And the doctor runs up, and the crowd, as the doctor's running, the crowd goes, hup, 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 hup. 
Uh, pretty good call. Pretty good call. They want to make jokes. Yeah, I'm. I'm already in the inside, bitches. Like, uh, I already know what's going on on the inside. So I find that offensive that you would make jokes about this dying. And man they denigrate everybody, right? They make fun of the yeah. cops. But they yeah. seem to cheer for Sunny some of the times. No, but... they're nihilists. They they think yeah. everything is bullshit and, and they should all be torn down. Because as a crowd, they don't want to feel. I'm I'm already fucked. Like I'm already locked into all of these characters. But they have the advantage of just being like. Just seen a doctor run in to save wow. a man's life and just being ho, 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 are ho, these ho. are it these pretty funny for somebody to yell is their doctor and he comes out in full doctor's costume yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big red cross and everything <laughs> are the 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 mini episodes we're doing are those patreon only no okay. gonna be out because we're gonna do mini episodes and one of them we're gonna do is day of the locust and i can't believe the, how well day of the locust pairs with this because everybody everyone's always going because that twin desire to be entertained but also like because if we're not entertained then the rage comes and gets us that's what you mm. feel in this crowd and the anonymity of like when you are part of a crowd how right. you your cruelness goes through the roof yeah. it's twitter the cruelness it's just twitter. the crowd yeah. courage yeah because they they all do and say things to the cops that they would not do if it was one of them and one cop. But right. oh yeah, for sure, especially these up. cops. Because these the, the cops in this movie, it's weird. It feels like this, this movie kill. is, is re- yeah. They showed up to fucking kill, and it's clear the entire movie. You know that what the cops are doing the entire movie is just figuring out how they're going to kill one or both of these guys. Mm-hmm. You can just feel it in the way they set everything up. Their 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 goal here these forgotten people that have never been like integrated into society at all. Now all of society is coming together to fucking kill them. <laughs> like that's the yeah. society cares now. And so we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to shoot you in the brain. It's unbelievable how Twitter it is because they're all on Sonny's side. And then when they find out on the news that Sonny may have two wives that, uh, some of them are making fun of Sonny when he frisks one of the cops. Yeah. Like, ooh, right. Ooh. And then Sonny flips them off as he's taking the cop inside, and they all cheer. See, I couldn't figure because that that's out. how Twitter works. Did like, he flip them off, right. or did he give them like the fist, like the? No, no, no. he he gave them the no, finger, and they off. they all yeah. cheered because we got you, a superstar, so upset that you gave us attention by you flipping reacted. us off. Yeah. yeah, and so now we are on Twitter. I I, I think the uh, going back to the the comedy and suspense is built up. The, I think the structure of this is. Is interesting because it's it's not like a normal crime. What I think of normal crime thriller, not just the tone but the structure. We start them in the car, and because I've watched so many of these, I'm like, so this is day one. They're planning, and then they yeah. just jump into it, and there will be some like, montage. <laughs> I was like, oh, they on planning day they jumped in. That's why they're so messed up. But no, there's no montage, and then it ends when it ends. Mm-hmm. Versus like again, and like Julia Robertson and Brad Pitt are going to pick up Danny Ocean. That's a normal crime movie, guys, uh-huh. but. It, did you guys did you notice the structure at all or have I just not seen enough? No, oh, no, I mean I, I think that's that's a big part of it, right? Is that you get so enclosed within the event itself. Time is part of the the un, the like unsufferable closeness of this movie, mm-hmm. right? Everything is too close. The helicopter flies like a foot off the ground. The crowd is too close. The vault is too small. It's too hot. There's too much pressure. And a big part of that is when you contain the whole story within whatever it is, 5 hours, it feels very constrained. It feels like time-wise claustrophobic i haven't done the math but i think that if you looked at it that i I do think that dog day afternoon comes out directly between frank sinatra's oceans 11 and george clooney's oceans 11 and this is what we this is how things work right like in between we have to be like no 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 
in, in, in between these two fucking sexy, smooth, everything works out, look how handsome everyone <laughs> is, there's this, and this is no one acts like they're in the movie. Like, Sidney Lumet doesn't, or Sidney Lumet does not direct like he's in a movie, and all of these people are incapable of even wearing a suit like right. George Clooney, much less... Or wearing sensible yeah. shoes to a robbery. Much less, like, <laughs> even opening a door. Like, yeah. right. uh, <laughs> like, you will never see Al Pacino, or I'm sorry, you will never see George Clooney walking up to a door with three pizzas and a case of soda and say, hey, could you open this for me? Like, that's just not I, I how it I thought he was going to Ben Affleck all over the place. I thought it was just going to stumble and drop it all. But if you're a first-time heist master, like Al Pacino is, like, I don't know how to open this door. I have to ask you future uh, guy who in the future is going to say i'm a star i'm a star honestly the i need only, you to open the door for me the only thing they planned was that after the the brinks truck came that's when they were going to do it and that was the worst part of the whole thing because yeah. they the thing that they planned for was after the money was picked up and taken elsewhere that's when they were going to hit the bank so honestly yeah. <laughs> planning didn't do anything for them they're not good planners with, with, with that like did this help create new crime movie tropes? Does it explore any at all? Is it like trying to spoke the wheel of tropes that came before it? I, I, I like. I legit think that this started things that cops do now. Like this all fuel feels Zip lining like lining in without being told to. Yeah, like this feels like tropes that now all other hostage movies now have to do, and that is true. But also, there are things that happen in real life now because of this movie, like. There is, I, I think that this is one of the best edited movies I've ever seen because this movie does not care about like the exact time where, like the exact cut where I'm holding the gun here and holding the gun here and I have to make it look clear. It's just for like tension. That's how the whole movie is edited. And this movie, one of the most perfect moments of this movie is Al Pacino picks up the phone and he's like, I'm sorry, what's happening? And then 3,000 cop cars, as if it's the goddamn Blues Brothers, all pull up the exact same time. I. Uh, and then they start the negotiations. This is all real life now at, because of this movie. How about the for attention ratcheting device you're talking about? How about the at the very end of the movie when the jet engine just gets louder and louder yes. and louder, even through the, the, the cut to black? And you're just like, I mean, that is like, you want to just get up. If I were in the theater, I'd want to get up and just run the hell yeah. out of that theater. Like, and you're as sweaty oppressive. as those people. Yeah, for right. sure. You have like a little lake on your chest and you got a weird <laughs> dent in your forehead. I mean, you're just falling apart. Bon voyage, motherfucker. That is all the time we have to talk about tone and structure. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, go to one of our favorite places. Hola, Filterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on Bandcamp. he's on spotify uh, soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh, you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music Check them out. Ah, yes. The hollowed halls of the Hall of Fame. Of the hollow <laughs> Hall of Fame. How Where everything echoes. 
majestic and wondrous it is. The greatest luminaries of pop culture that have shaped us here at Pop Filter from Tina Fey to Tina Fey. <laughs> I remember both times she was nominated and won. <laughs> no, one time she nominated one. The rest of the times, somebody was mocked for not remembering that she had been in for years. Did you guys watch Girls 5 ever yet? No. I have not watched Girls 5 what ever yet. What the fuck, dude? Peacock is free. I know. There's been a lot of sports on, Ryan. Is it, though? Because I was trying to watch Rutherford Falls, and they let me watch the first four for free, and then said you got to pay for the other ones. Is that just once a week? or It's free when you pay, Mike. Just pay. Oh, it's free when you pay. It's one of those it's freemium, FTP. I think they call free to, it. Free to pay. F- yeah. FTPs. That's, mm-hmm. But you do get a lot of turns on your Girls 5 Eva sponsored Candy Crush if you do pay. So, yeah. Hello. I have not <laughs> had enough turns on my Girls 5 Eva sponsored Candy Crush, so that is hard to say. It is the Hall of Fame. It is the deadliest night in Hollywood, some people the call deadliest it. deadliest night <laughs> in Hollywood. Brought to you by Day of the Locust. This is when feelings are hurt and friendships are made. Is truly <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Because uh, even when you try and do a lot of research, you're, what you think two closest friends will say, that sounds like you thought of it right before you came on the show. And oh, we were shit. excited He's about say it Al Pacino. all Fucking week. A. But I'm not going first. I'm the host. So, Greg. Well, we consider ourselves, each of us, builders. But, Bob? How did we become builders? What pieces came together to make us the men that we are the men in quotation marks the men-ish that we are uh and i was thinking about this my entire life i have had a relationship with legos i don't like to say just lego i i don't know i know that that's what they call it but i like saying legos because that's what i did my entire life Uh, i remember being like seriously five years old and playing with legos greg where do you land on the whole uh rsbi do you say RBI? No, I do. I say RBI. Yeah, I, I, that's just just say where, what feels right, right. Yeah. Where do you land on sergeant's major? I like that. I like attorneys general, Whitney's Houston. You know, I, I, <laughs> those, I, those I, are I the like fun that. ones. Yeah, of all I, the Houston's. <laughs> I think I, I think it's fun. But you know, Legos have just like evolved over the course of our life. And I used to, when I was a young man of in my twenties, be embarrassed about how much I was still into Legos. But uh, you get so old that you just give up on everything and one of the things that seems to go with the the flush is um like feeling ashamed of the things that you like and honestly uh (laughs) we can we still get down on big long legos conversations we're sitting in a room with some nice lego builds right now they make a wonderful gift and oddly enough they're like an investment you can buy a lego set if you think that it's like going to be discontinued like, uh, you can then sell it again later for, like, 300 times the price. So, through that as well. That Legos. Well thought out, well argued, some would say. Thank you. That's ominous in a way, but thank you. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I don't know how to be sincere. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got? Okay, so... Uh... I thought a lot about this, right? Hall of Fame. This is a big moment for me. Like, I can elect somebody, anybody that has made me, Mike, and Greg the people that we are. And although this person has not been in our lives for a long time, I think it's an important amount. I think it's somebody who has made movies that we all love. I think it's somebody who enjoys buildups. 
as I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, what if it's somebody who made a T movie that became a TV show that became comedy of the year 2020? What if it's somebody who uh, is responsible for making sure that Marvel stays on track and hooking up with Tessa Thompson and Rita Ora in the same picture? And getting in trouble for it. And then it. getting in trouble for yeah, it. Like that's a little so bad boy, boy that he is. <laughs> Man, you Princi- kiss two girls at the same time, and then pe- and then your boss yells at you for it? Principal Marvel came down and said, you might get detention. You looked too fucking sexy in those Marvel's pictures. Marvel's just jealous. I also want to say Tessa that Thompson and I've seen all the people who make Marvel movies, and uh, this is somebody who I do think was like uh, kind of butt when he was young, but now he has Hollywood money, and he's just one of the most handsome filmmakers yeah. that it's, exists today. It's not Hollywood money. It's also that there is something that's well, a lot of women hate that men grown to silver foxes, and I think there are beautiful older women, but there is the stereotype that they, they get wrinkly and men get more handsome, and Taika Waititi is definitely, men get handsome when they get older. He was a dumb, weird, squirrel he's also, human being. He's got, like, it. He's very sexy. Like, on top yeah. of, like, like being handsome, like, he's so successful Confident. and funny. It's yeah. like a fucking, I don't, sort of like a Elvis, sort of Australian Elvis sort of thing, or is he New Zealand? He's from New Zealand, but that's okay. okay. They, they, honestly, Elvis? they like when you confuse them. <laughs> yeah, they say please do it more. Foster's They're just New like Zealand good day, good day, mate. Good I do day. want to point out that there was a time where we hated this person because we th- we blamed him for breaking up uh, Flight of the Concords, and that's just not true. He was just he was just there to pick up the pieces. And one of them just had to not be famous anymore. Yeah, one of them's like, look, I want to be in a Lord of the Rings movies now, and then I want to disappear forever. All right. Okay, so post uh, Flight of the Concords, Brit. Right, Brit. Brit? Uh-huh. Brit. Uh huh. Did win an Oscar, so he's doing okay for too. music. Yeah, for music. No, for acting and directing. <laughs> Stupid acting idiot. and directing. Yeah, <laughs> new Oscar. You know what? Best that, actor director. That hurt, but it was a good burn. Yeah, that was a good one. But I also want to point out the movies. This is not part of like our growing up, but I want to point out the movies Boy and uh, the Wildebeest. Movie. Oh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. Thank you, Mike. That movie uh, because is so good. Even though th- it gave us a Terry type. The actress <laughs> yes, who played no, Terry. It invented <laughs> no, Terry as far as I know. <laughs> don't bring up Terry. <laughs> I'm going to hold him back. Um, but Hunt for the Wilder People are clearly his like uh, jokes up front. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important to make the joke. But also, I'm going to throw some heart out there. Jojo Rabbit, I do think, was a reverse of that. That yeah. wasn't great. But I still think that Taika uh, Waititi... Needs to be in the Hall of Fame, despite Jojo Rabbit. Some of the laughs in Jojo Rabbit, most successful Rabbit movie of all time, really made you feel like you would laugh, and then you'd be like, "Wait, what's the joke? What am I laughing <laughs> at here? What's going on?" There's also a very Spielbergian thing in Jojo Rabbit of I'm gonna always shoot Scarlett Johansson's shoes, so that, that I can like have Tarantino. that moment in that movie later where I just show her shoes hanging from the gallows. Uh huh. I do think that that is his worst movie. I think that he is a better director in all other things. Including Marvel and non-Marvel. Everybody has a flub. I, I don't think that, that you, looking at the current Pop Filter Hall of Fame, one bad project does not mean they can't get in there. And I'm not a person who hates or loves Jojo Rabbit. I think it was fine. I don't think there's enough there to hate or love mm. it. But everything else, I do think. I don't know. I think that he's he, he's our guy. You know. I'll I'll say for to transition seamlessly to mine. If flubs kept them out, it would be really rude to keep them out of this. Or not rude. 
Perfect. They, they, they flubbed a lot is what I'm trying to this say. This is such a good transition. Uh, I nailed it. I crushed it. This is the transition lenses of transitions. <laughs> we were like, it, it should be cool. Why Weird is it still and awkward. dark? It's not really working. Uh, I can't read and it doesn't really block the sun. Uh, <laughs> we would not be here. Uh, the three of us in this room today, these rooms today, without this person, I do think they made us who we are. I think it's very specifically made Pop Filter what they are, uh, and it's the 10-year anniversary. And uh, despite any sort of thing, I, I think this person gave me a quote that I think about all the time. Jake Busey sucks, and I think he's ugly. And truer <laughs> words have never <laughs> been spoken, and that's why. Uh, and it's not just because somebody's birthday might be nearby, but I, I think the the cutest little boy in Hollywood deserves to be in the pop filter you hall of fame. A bit, so both of your stupid asses are going to be in our own <laughs> hall of fame. So I'm going to be the one person on this show. No, and I'm, I'm not, not saying I'm not, I'm not me, voting for me. Yeah, that would be a travesty. <laughs> I'm going to vote for you though, you dick, because it is his birthday tomorrow. <laughs> So, and we're doing literally nothing else for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. It's still sort of the pandemic in some parts of the world. Uh, we are going to start voting Greg Lego. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love Legos. Ryan. I love Legos. In fact, my favorite one that I've ever built is when there was one uh, about the sort of like uh, cross-hatched breakfast pastry that I made. Uh, Lego my ego and uh, but no <laughs> that's why you're not getting to the hall of fame buddy <laughs> that's at least why Greg's getting that, a point right that costs you <laughs> all right Linda <laughs> uh, I love that you guys love Lego I, I really do. you would if you I fucking tried it. it for one second man it's like heroin I just would, try heroin I would get this it is as because a kid. you did drugs your entire childhood instead of having a childhood yeah, Mike. sorry Can I we would be party honest? <laughs> oh man, that's not true. That's not true. No, of Mike I would just Gravania, do it alone and do sticks. Can, can we point out the fact that, like, if the Legos stopped with Lego Movie, they might be in the Hall of Fame? But there were so many other movies like Ninjago. Ninjago, yeah. Yeah. Ninjago keeps it out, uh, and that I would get. And it I don't for, know if you can use that word, Mike. <laughs> build half of them and then not find a piece and throw it across the room. So Legos really bring out the anger in me. So I have to vote no. Next well, I hope your thing also fails. <laughs> oh, wait, it was Ryan. <laughs> Damn it. Is Taika Watiti Ryan, what is your vote? I think that he I think that he should be in. I think that we just gel with him. Like he would be friends with us. Yeah. And so he would I, be cooler because he knew us. Yeah. I think that we could give him a lot of coolness, cool points. And I think that the only way to be cool is to call things cool points. I think that yes, <laughs> cool he points. should be in. K E W L cool points. <laughs> Greg? Well, I'm on the real horns of a dilemma here because I have Ryan's suggestion, which is Tiga Watiti, who I love, or Ryan himself, who is the, the birthday boy tomorrow. So, Tiga Watiti I think should probably be nominated again some other time. But I'm withholding my vote. Uh, yeah, For I now, think I'm going to say no. He he made comedy cool again. He made Thor cool, which was impossible. Uh, he made Thor. Empires cool again. Thor. I, I love this guy, and I want my beard to look like his beard someday. I vote yes. And finally, we have Ryan R. Haley. I vote yes. I don't need to say why. I already said all my shit. Greg? I say yes, definitely. He's helped make this show what it is today. And Also an insult. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ryan. That was a low key burn. Yeah, sure. I uh, I I mean, this is a, this is a big one for me. I could say no, but then I wouldn't be in the hall. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say did, yes. Did, All right, lock him up. Did you, you stay already, here now, bud? Didn't you already vote two yeses? No, I I said no to Legos. He did. Oh, he said no Legos. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> knowing that the Ryan vote would be. <laughs> I I thought you were taking a weird stand, and I was going to have to throw a, a super host vote and say you're in. Anyway. I wanted to. I for reals wanted to. I wanted to be like, well, I'm out of votes, but when the opportunity presented itself, I could not. What am I going to do? I want to be in the Hall of Fame. Your 1975 Dog Day Afternoon Class Pop Filter Hall of Fame is. Only Ryan R. Haley. Woo! Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I don't know why it's funny, crowd. <laughs> okay, there's the applause. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wipe Ryan's tears of joy. Jake Busey sucks, and I think he's ugly. Taste buds. It's easy to see how the cops, the crowd, and the television stations all handle the introduction of Leon. But how do Lumet, his writer, and his editor handle Sonny and Leon after Leon's introduction? Considering it's 1975. I know. We have to keep that into consideration. I think it does a pretty good job. I mean, Leon comes across as like the most level-headed, like clear thinking. Besides Sylvia. Uh, like Leon's who's Sylvia? Who, Sylvia is like the Irishy sounding, like the, the woman the who's like... The head teller? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sassy broad. She's... she's fucking awesome but we're not here to talk about sylvia besides her leon is like the person who makes the most sense and like it's like why are you doing this what what you're not thinking you're awful and so like i don't feel like the movie plays Mm -hmm. leon for a joke and i don't know like i i was prepared i think the the movies of 1999 were a lot worse yes (laughs) did you guys know this twist going in that uh that sunny had two wives I, I no. was a little I was a little confused. I knew that the he wanted to rob the bank to pay for a lover's gender reassignment. And I just not knowing any of the other details of the movie, I thought that that person would sal. So oh, okay. that like I was I was surprised when yeah, but but I knew basically that, like the, the, that the surgery was part of it. We do yeah, have to I, talk about sal maybe in the speed round, but we got we got some sal talk to talk about. I I had heard Sonny was queer and then the whole movie I was like Am I thinking of a different movie? And then they did this weird mid-movie twist where we meet his first wife first. Right. Yeah. And then introduce Leon. Why Why that twist? What does that do to the movie? Well, I mean, it is a true story. So they're trying to be true to the story. And a lot of people have uh, issues with the trueness of the story because the actual story is way more queer than what we get. Right. So they're like, oh, you had to cut out a lot of the queerness. But mm. aside from that, for a 1975 mainstream movie, like a Warner Brothers picture directed by Sidney Lumet, this is as queer as you could probably get. This is the most queer you could get. Like I, I think the set records for queerness. And and it is like the the outside world does spit at them or laugh at them. But I think going back to how the crowd is, it's showing the cruelty of crowds. Yeah, it's not a, the movie isn't like right audience. The movie's they, saying like, see how the villain could be the world. They show up and they represent themselves, and even though they're booed and, and heckled and everything, like a whole contingent of uh, uh, of like queer supporters comes to right. back them up. And you have to be mindful of the fact, right? This is the event takes place three years after Stonewall or two years after Stonewall. So like that sort of mm-hmm. like the we're not going to take it anymore air 
it does find its way into the movie, but and how the they all soft they gang it. together and ran there as soon as possible. Like, yeah. yes, this is a moment for us. Uh, in that crowd, by the way, a six-year-old Harvey Fierstein. Really? Who probably the whole time was like, Ugh. you guys know how he talked. <laughs> Just Who? like that. <laughs> Harvey Fierstein. Oh. Uh, if you don't know the voice, <laughs> then you're not going to know the guy. <laughs> he sounds exactly like, um, But yeah, I like uh, the whole, like, I loved how the movie dealt with it. I hated how the special features dealt with it. Like, oh. uh, I'm sort of burned <laughs> by the DVD special features of we did such a good job of oh, never yeah. making anyone have a oh, limp wrist God. or a lisp. Like in Pretty Woman when he's like, I, when have I ever treated you like a whore? And she's yeah. like, well, kind of now. <laughs> <laughs> At this moment. You just said I was, and then you pat yourself on the back for not treating me like one. So. But for most gay people at the time, this is like the the first time that they've seen somebody who is clearly not like underlying, but clearly right. gay up on the screen. And then the special features are like, we did so much work to never have Leon have a limp wrist. Oh my God. Okay. Here's my favorite story from all the special features. Uh, Lance Henriksen. Mike, do you know that name? I do know that name. He started in like a X-Files spinoff. Was I don't he? Know, he... No, I'm th- he's not in the wire, is he? No, I don't think so. Okay. He just uh he was the star of like a Fox show and he's just been in all of like these eighties and nineties like sci fi movies. He was the FBI agent who uh kicked the car door open and there was a gun and then shot Sal. Yes. The guy that like kinda takes command of it halfway through. Right. Yeah. And he has a story on the special features of like I went out for uh out for Leon. I wanted to be Leon. And all the producers and directors ran up to me and they were like, Lance you can't be Leon. You're so ma- you have to be an FBI agent. And You're too masculine, man. I, I was I was fighting them off, and I was like, no, I I want to play Leon. But they were like, no, you can't do it, bud. Mm. You can't do it. Your your arms and your 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 chest so manly. And I was that like, you know, there's like, no way that you could act like that. I am currently doing push-ups while we have this conversation. God so damn it! I guess so I did just like- open a beer with a gun. Bishop from Aliens a little less. That's how I knew him. I was like, that's the cyborg thing. They're not cyborgs and aliens, but... (laughs) Yeah, but uh, but, I mean, we we are so... we On this podcast, we are so tuned in to like, hey, was that offensive? Hey, are you representing And I have to say, I took that awful, terrible energy into this movie, and... (laughs) <laughs> it does a pretty good job of avoiding well, all the daggers and all the little right. pitfalls that might hit a, a, well, a 1975 I, film. I think the biggest moment is when uh, Sal is saying, hey, Sonny, they're saying that two homosexuals are trying to rob the bank. And Sonny's like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like, I don't know what you want me to do is about that. Is it because I'm bisexual? <laughs> is it because yeah. I'm pansexual? And Did <laughs> Sal know? And like was funny. It was very interesting that he, he seems like cool with taking orders from a gay man, but he's like, but I, as long as people don't think I'm right, yeah. And I want the news to point out the fact yeah. that I love vagina. If they don't, can and, you do something about that? And, and don't then one also of the ask tellers, Sonny, like he thinks Sonny has so yeah, much power. Sonny has Sonny, all the can power. You, can you call television for how, immediate release? How one in touch with reality? Straightish. Sal is it like goes away throughout the movie at first it's like okay he's like the this the strong silent type it's like no 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 i think sal is barely hanging on even more than well, sunny oh for do you sure. know how close this is to in cold blood like uh-huh. that the story of in cold blood uh-huh. where some guys are going to rob a house and then one of them is like it'd be fun to do some murders in here like when you do crimes <laughs> with people sometimes you end up with someone who's like i would love to just kill everybody and in here how come sal, we've never he, had he, that conversation guys of like bup, bup, bup. He, 
Let's do crimes. <laughs> Why don't we do some crimes? There's a point where Sal brings Sonny over, and it's early on, so you think he's going to be like, what are we doing? Yeah. Should we just throw it away? And he goes, hey, I will kill somebody if you say it. And Sonny's just like, oh, okay, oh, okay, man. Like, backs away. Like, I, I think one of the beautiful things about the character of Leon is he does poke the wheel. Sonny is Robin Hood, right? Like, he, he's a little bad, but just the way all bank robbers are bad, but we love him. And then Leon goes in there, and they let that character show the audience what yes. a monster Sonny can be. Because you know like, what? Oh, he drives people to suicide. <laughs> you know what superstar that is like always cool and everybody loves? Like, I've been trying to get away from you for six months. Yeah. And why? Yeah. You know? And it's probably not been the healthiest relationship. And you're not helping me. You're not doing anything mm-hmm. for me. Now they fucking dragged me down here to come talk to you on the phone. And all I want to do is get away from you. And then his other wife, who was like, by the way, I still have a bone to pick with you when you yelled at me. And he's like, would you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's right. You know what? In that moment, And then he's slams right. the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> but like the whole thing is like, I want to be the star. Will you right. make me the star? And Leon actually needs to be the star sometimes. And mm-hmm. then when you think about Leon, then you think about uh, his actual wife. I can't remember her name. but And then the mom. And then Angie. Like, She's New York. Sure. She's kind of Italian. It's probably Angie. Um, but yeah, like... You know, Sonny wants to be the star, but he's also keeping other people, or like he is getting very upset at people who are not making him the star, and who, yeah, who don't do exactly what he wants. Only follow say the, the things script. I want you to say. Yeah. yeah, otherwise I'm gonna like just start screaming at you. Get on this ride with me. I don't want to. Yeah. Then I just start screaming at you and calling you a pig. Like that's awful. <laughs> Leon is uh, surrounded by cops only in a rope. Like he got ripped out of the hospital. Yeah, surrounded by in cops. Sandals. And Sonny starts yelling at him because he let let the FBI and cops listen to the conversation. Leon's like, "What could I? What do you mean? Yeah, is that the gayest thing that happens? Is that he passes out? He faints. Yeah, he gets a bit of the vapors. Yeah, he faints a little bit. But when- it's it's it, when you at first I was like, oh come on movie, and then it's like he got out of the hospital and he's pumped full of meds and it's like oh okay yeah. that actually is if they never put that in then i'd be like no movie and no. again with the robe and the slippers they took them directly from the like they mm-hmm. busted in sirens probably a blaring like it's the end of promising young woman and he gets them from the hospital and then left. they didn't even tell leon why like what, yeah, what yeah. the story was and then there's that cop snickering like the entire no finish it Speed round was rude. Just like throughout the throughout Leon's entire story, there's a cop just snickering, which then like the movie gets to sort of force that character out and say like, right. no, that's not what we're doing here. It's not a joke. Yeah, the the detective and the FBI were like, shut the fuck up. And like, yeah. it does seem in another movie they would have been like, right, hey, elbow, elbow, which is similar to things that happen in Serpico in Carlito's way. As if anyone even knows that. I've heard of those movies. It is time for speed round. If the cops gave you a soda when you asked for food and that soda was tab. Would you murder every hostage? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the machine gun from Sal's hands and I'm going to fucking kill him down. Kind of sad that Sal right. is like, your body's a temple. I don't want to get the cancer. And, and then drink drinking a tab. 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 Wild cherry Pepsi. That is what bank robbers and hostages want. Right. This show is brought to you by Wild Cherry <laughs> Pepsi. We are a Wild Cherry Pepsi family. The bank robber's choice. <laughs> Is it at all a failing of the movie that they don't ex- really explain how Attica is connected to the action or what it even was? Yeah, I, like, I think it's cool, though. That's very realistic, but it's like it, I, I feel like you can see the social message of the movie more if you understand mm-hmm. how Attica is similar to how the cops and FBI 
prosecuted this action right as well. but i think you understand something more <laughs> and saying like uh fucking what's a hashtag oh here's a hashtag and then just shouting at he doesn't even know what attica and is all he, he just says knows that is like people on his side. remember they killed those guys like he he says a little and it's either he knows a lot or maybe sunny just does knows they they killed those guys uh i also think that we're 50 years out that maybe 1975 we would have been like oh shit attica well, and I mean, I, a lot of people do know what Attica is. I just think like if you're going to bake it into your if the events of your movie like that and you want your movie to be yeah. timeless. I equate it to uh, like some white person having something and then saying BLM, BLM. Now, I, don't, I don't really know what that means, but in, I guess in I could Airheads, uh, Brendan Fraser chants Rodney King at the crowd. Right. And then somebody asks Rodney King and Steve Buscemi just says, he's that guy. <laughs> like, like yeah. they don't explain that. Like, I do think there, there's certain is like, cultural Airheads the though. movie of the year of all years. <laughs> it should be. How does this movie approach celebrity? I think it. I, I think it does a really good job in that it it's very upfront and stupid about it. But it's like the sixth priority, you know. Mm-hmm. Like with Network, his next movie, he sort of puts it up front. And I sort of think this movie works better because it's sixth priority instead of first priority. And, uh, you know, it's it's about how a part of the celebrity cycle is that you are sacrificed at the end. And that doesn't happen to him. It happens to Sal. But that, right, like, a big part right. of it is the infatuation, which borderline, borders on hate the entire time and will eventually, when the entertain, entertainment rolls, it runs out, the hate is what remains. And I, I think we can do a thing where, like, uh, Sonny is Facebook- but the pizza delivery guy is Snapchat. You know, just like, <laughs> I am a star for this one second. I think That's Maria right. is TikTok. Uh-huh. That makes sense. All of that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy that people, like, the conversations about celebrity are still happening today. It hasn't evolved. It's still the same of, like, when, like, Chrissy Teigen opens up about mental health people, or mental health issues, people are like, boo, you're rich, don't talk about that stuff. And, like, Sonny... They're like, we like you as long as you're giving us money. But the minute you're like, oh, there's problems. Boo. I mean, I think this movie puts the lie to a lot of social progress. Like mm-hmm. this movie passes the woke, te- the modern woke test. So obviously right. we have not progressed that much, although we feel like we have. If right. we are still like, wow, this movie ha- handles trans identity better than most movies we see currently. That's a bad thing. Not a good thing. <laughs> if there was an award for coolest character, is there any doubt Sylvia would win it? And what does her cool headedness and bravery tell us about leadership? Yeah, Sylvia is the bomb because you have no almost no one in this movie who is doing a good logical job and acting like an adult. And Sylvia does. She makes the choices about who stays and who goes. And I think there's mm-hmm. a message uh, a little bit like in Jane Austen's Persuasion where it's like Sylvia should be in the police force or she should be right. in the government. But there is something about the fact that all of these bank tellers are women. This job is like that, like kind of the end of the road in terms of career advancement at this time for a lot of women. And you can see that she has value beyond that. And the people who are in charge are big, stupid boys, like very, very dumb idiots. They try to put it on the bank manager, the guy who like sweats from diabetes, but it is her. And like, she's the first one to be like, no, I'm going to go back in. Yeah. My girls. These are my girls. At that moment, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, come stand by me, sis. No matter what, and I'm gonna be with my girls. And she's the one. She like she has moments with everyone. She's like, yes. Oh, Sal, do you really care about 
cigarette smoke, you have a gun pointed at my head, mm-hmm. and you're worried about me dying of cancer. Like, she's and- the one who sort of always sums up, this is all fucking stupid, bro. If if the crowd is uh, aggressively nihilistic in a dumb way, she is in it like she's very much in a laid back. She's the like, most productive. The one. world is bullshit. Yeah, but look at it. Let, I'm going to help the people. Like, but you have to navigate it. You have yeah. to like you like you have to approach the world as like yes, this is bullshit. But I am going to find my way through it. And some people don't have that right. ability. And that's what this movie highlights most of them. <laughs> to get two yeah. scenes in the movie of one, no, I'm going back in with my girls. I, I will not right. be free. I will go back in with my girls. And then also, oh, you don't want me to smoke? You yeah. Think that's ridiculous to have both those scenes in the same movie? Like that. And right away, she says, like, the, she says the first thing the audience is thinking, which she's like, didn't you have a plan? Yeah. Like the way <laughs> yeah. she speaks for the audience there, where she's just like chastising them, basically. <laughs> like, you stupid idiots. You have to do a plan if you're going to do something like this. Uh, Taking a little out that this is uh, based on a true story, are the economy and the war actual factors in the movie and these characters, or just an easy backdrop? Well, I mean, they're, I think they're part of the extreme tension that exists within the movie. Like, America had just come out of this very fractious period, and the way we got out of it was to just be like, well, we fucked up, and now we're just going to, like, withdraw. And there was no glory. There was no, like, celebration for it. And it made people... People had just come out of this whole thing realizing, like we don't really believe the things we say we believe. We don't really do the things that we're supposed to do. And now we look and we're not sure what we're supposed to do or who we're supposed to follow. And so those things, I think, are baked into the, the pressure that cooks this entire setting. That, and I think that like, there's, a, there's layers here of the police and then the crowd. And the crowd is always about to encroach on the police. The thing that like is never the focus, but is always about to happen. And it's because... Fuck you, man. Like, you're as terrible as they are, you know? And, like, we want to be close to them. And they are the... uh, The people inside the bank do two things. One, they are uh, not cops. And two, they are stars. And I want to be close to both of those two things. And, again, those cops represent society doing so many things once, like, somebody is already lost. So society tying up so many resources in killing people that have lost their way yeah, the versus that, not just like supporting people at an, at other points in their life, like supporting outsiders, supporting people who need mental health, supporting the, people. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that cops have meant then and now and always is that I have, a, I have like six rules and I will always follow them. And everybody else is like, nuance. Like, no, maybe those rules aren't great. And they're like, well, I have these rules. And if you break one of these six rules, I get to shoot you. That's bullshit. I just shot you. <laughs> Al Pacino never mentioned Dunkin' Donuts once through this movie. Explain. I think that he understood that Ben Affleck should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Ben Affleck <laughs> is our Dunkin' Donuts go-to guy. Our guys, what? how did we get through a Hall of Fame thing with not having Ben Affleck in there? Right. We have we have to reckon with the Dunkin' Donuts Al Pacino commercials because he has sold off his entire legacy for just some Dunkin' Donuts commercials. <laughs> and that's not a joke. He sold stock in Al Pacino, <laughs> all, and they're all sold to Dunkin' Donuts. Do we see an odd utopia form within the bank, and it's not just a few knuckleheads without an actual plan, or is this an audience member Stockholm situ- si- I, syndrome situation? <laughs> I don't know. I. <laughs> I don't know if I believe in community or Stockholm Syndrome. I do believe in cults, though. I think that we're seeing cults. I think that people mm. people who are a little bit lost want to be in a cult, and they want to be led right. by 
I don't know. Somebody hates him. And even though, did we talk about how short Al Pacino is? He's a teeny man. Even though he's that <laughs> he's short. <a> <laughs> You know, I think they want to be led by him. There is something interesting though about you know like the 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 heat and the proximity. It like their defenses come down. They like are around each other in various states of undress. They dance and entertain each other. They actually speak to one another. Uh, what's her name? Benedict Peters. Uh, Carol know. Kane. Yeah, Carol Kane. Kane. There you go. <laughs> Carol Kane. Like she's like almost been liberated from her house. Her husband mm-hmm. keeps calling in to be like, "What do you do to raise a baby?" Or like, yeah. how does food get into dinner? Or the fact that Al Pacino said, "Here's how you do the army thing with a gun." Yeah, Here, go ahead and hold the gun, and, and then he takes the magazine. He's like, "Oops, I'm gonna hang on to this part though because <laughs> oopsies." Ha- yeah, this has the kill boys in it, so I have to hang on to this one. But you can kick the gun around if you'd like. But it's not it's not crazy for him to give her the gun because he's not. And he advocates for them. He advocates for them. He has been them. He understands their world. He understands that, like, they don't get any respect. He sees what they've gone through. And they feel, like, seen for the first time. And advocated for for the first time. Mm -hmm. Because they're always called women or cattle. You know, like, let me get one of those women. Again, they're seen as a collective unit. They're like, either send out all the women or we don't even... I can't even imagine what would be less than all the women. Give me one of them (laughs) unit. That is all the time we have for speed round. Bon voyage, motherfucker. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's award season. The most important award we have here is recommendations. Greg, what do you got? Serpico. Also, let's remember Team Serpico always doing that chant every time they got together. Also, of them together. if I'm remembering correctly, Serpico's scarf game is like next level. This guy is always rocking a luxurious scarf. Ooh. Just wear a fucking scarf. Uh, what are you, not wearing a scarf? I am not wearing a scarf currently. Okay. Maybe wear a scarf. Jesus what if Christ. the characters of Dog Day were all acting hot like they had been, but then also everyone had a scarf on? And mittens. It's so hot. <laughs> Ryan, what is your recommendation? Mike, I thought about this for a long time because the thing that I wanted to go with is... Serpico, I did that one. It is Serpico. It's it's, uh, somebody who was browbeaten by all the people in their life. And once they were were not browbeaten, then they became a star. I wanted to do Boogie Nights, but I think that that movie has been seen before. So let's do a different one. Let's do The Insider. Do you guys remember... The movie The Insider. I do not remember the movie The Insider. This is a movie from the year 1999, a year that we have done on Movie of the Year, and probably was not even in contention. It's a Michael Mann film with Al Pacino. Do you remember him? I do remember Al Pacino. I've heard of him. And Russell Crowe. And it's about the... uh, Greatest! It's about the taking down of the uh, tobacco industry. Oh, yeah! And Um, it's a true story. And it's just Al Pacino acting like, oh, wait, is this a true... Oh... Maybe he should only play real people. Uh, hold on. Is this, a, this is a movie about the real life. And then I don't know why he's so Cajun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but just like the docudrama of it, the whole like, I'm not going to do crazy shit with my camera. I'm just going to film this story. The, uh, the Insider is a crazy overlooked movie where Al Pacino is an incredible actor once again. He does it every once in a while and we just never notice. Mm. So go watch The Insider. Go watch Serpico. Go watch. Mine has already been referenced tonight. Uh, watched it a bunch growing up. 
I think it's too often forgotten. It holds up mostly if you can get past the premise of Gremlins Isn't it two. funny that Gremlins these white two, dudes the took a place hostage as a joke? It's Airheads, which I did not realize until halfway through Dog Day Afternoon, is just straight up a comedic remake of Dog Day Afternoon. There are some moment-for-moment moment lifts up, including the Brendan Fraser screaming, Rodney King is just Attica. There are so many things that they just were like, what if we made this movie funny? But... It already is funny, but they're like, but what if we made it like Adam Sandler funny? What if nobody uh, got shot in the brain? Guys, <laughs> nobody gets shot. It's it, just fun. Do you guys understand the star power of us, the three of us right now, of Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler? Yeah. Like, that's I basically fl- the best movie of all time, right? Chris Farley's in it. Ernie Hudson is in it. Man, it's, it's you can tell gold. Chris Farley based his like movement vocabulary on Charles Denning from this movie when he did the character Matt Foley. <laughs> Matt Foley moves exactly like Detective Moriarty or whatever. Moretti moves in this. Yes. And Glad he I does got that, that in. as I was, a cop. I was afraid I wasn't going to get It's the only it note in. Greg wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my hand. That has been Dog Day Afternoon. And gentlemen, I can't imagine it's two gonna people win. I'd rather discuss. Whoa. It's gonna win. Oh wait, I, I also we, think it's gonna win. We have a we have a segment for this, so we'll talk about if it's gonna win. Oh later. yeah, and oh, and a whole different show. Yeah, no, no, in like two seconds, just take a break. And oh, are you going you to the outro right win? now? Yeah, I was just slipping in the outro right now. Oh, it's gonna win. Yeah, I, yeah when it's we gonna were, win. When we were doing our preview watches, I was like, okay, it's either gonna be like I was looking at the list of movies, I was like it's gonna be one of these, it's gonna be Jaws, or it's gonna be, and then I put this on, and within half an hour, I was like, it's oh, it. this is 1975's movie of the year for sure. I think that we are. I, I still think, and I said this in the preview show or the intro show that like we're gonna have an adverse effect to one flu. You know, like I, yeah. I, I do think that we're gonna like roll our eyes yeah. almost like we do to. American Beauty. Yeah. Like, all right, movie. Way to go. I don't... This could totally win. Like I said, this is my favorite movie we've done in Which is the crazy. years of doing that movie crazy. of the year. Uh, and I think it's also quality. It's not just... Uh, it takes we've my done boxes. 10 things I hate about you. So, Mike, I don't know where you're coming from right now. I, I don't want to be the one to say it. I, I think it's don't I think Don't. Don't, don't say it. Jesus. I would prefer if teenagers did a version of this. <laughs> 10 dogs but, I hate about day afternoon? Yes. We have to actually get to my best friend for the week. It, this was a good showing. This is one of those shows where uh, I forgot to give as many points because I was just drawn into the conversation. Uh, with that being said, Ryan, you got 28 points. Uh-huh. Greg, you got 25 points. Ryan, oh. you are my best friend for the week. I felt like there was a lot of times where you were going to give me a point, but then instead you just grabbed your drink. <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> I don't press the button. I just mark it down, but often I was just grabbing And Mike, I think that I should have won by more than three points. I know, I know you had to have some sort of issue with that. And in a rare move, uh, the host got zero points. But that has been our show. We are going to take, not the week off, we'll be back next week uh, with Jaws. Until then, keep watching.
Jake Busey sucks, and I think he's ugly. 